www.godstoriesradio.com God Stories Radio. This is session 59. I'm Mike. I'm Fritz. And I'm Trish. Okay, session 59. We're up to almost at the 6-0. Yes, we are. All right. And Fritz, how was your week? Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it, really? Almost 60 testimonies. And there's got to be something on our website that will touch somebody. Oh, yeah. And we have only just begun. That's the exciting thing. Mm. Well, did you see the, um, I think it was a twit from that... Uh, I think it was Rod Davis. Yes, I did. That was an amazing little Twitter, and I just looked up and said, thank you, that was all worth it. Amen. Boy, you got that right. We're making such good new friends out there in Twitter land. Mm. I really appreciate that, all the new Facebook folks. All the social media. All the social media. Yeah, Trisha's going to be doing some shout-outs later. You know, I got a lot of things going on this week, so I appreciate it. I just asked you how your week was. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Off the hook only getting better it will get better it will get better there'll be an, an announcement forthcoming yes hopefully. there will be so trish what's going on over there oh boy i just i was reading about that ebola that's all right wait 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 a minute let's start that over trish what's going on over there do you want me to talk about something different kind of oh you're killing me it was just upbeat something positive i'm sorry i no, was i was gonna Ebola. bring oh, i was gonna God, bring in the fact that the and... woman that is that is being quarantined oh okay is a prayer warrior my bad you know i was just reading that um article about the ebola 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 saying it right? ebola coming here to the united states and this poor woman who is the girlfriend of this guy is quarantined with her family. I had Lyme disease back in 96, and back then they didn't know how it was transferable, and they called the CDC, and it was it was a frightening experience, and this woman is going through that right now with her children, and she's relying on the government to bring her food um, to keep her safe, and she's a prayer warrior. I saw her on um, the Andrew Cooper show she said she believes in God and she's praying she's praying through this so praise God amen 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 man sounds like uh, good weeks for all Trish why don't you introduce our guest tonight sure Fritz we have um, well it's a woman here that um, Suzanne Lynn from Z88.3 introduced me to or I should say reintroduced me to because when we saw each other in the parking lot it was like hey I know you and we were in um, Real Freedom together, which is like Celebrate Recovery, but it's through our church at Real Life. So it's for people that are hurting or have hangups. And we were in a group together for setting boundaries. 
we came to that conclusion out in the parking lot, but it was like, a friendly face, I know you. So with that, I'll give you Risa. Hi, uh, my name is Risa Bayer. I was born Teresa Marie Austin, a place called Grand Island, New York, in a little village called Fairy Village. And my, I came from a family of, I, we have five children, and my mom and dad, um, they moved there when when they first got married, and they they were there until they got divorced, which is you know another story. But we grew up on Fairy, in Fairy Village, and my parents had gotten divorced when I was when I was ten. But in the meantime, we had moved to California, and we only stayed out there for about a year. And my dad had decided he wanted my mother back, so we came back to Grand Island, and things were. You know, up and down, and my my dad was a womanizer, so he he had lots of girlfriends. But my mother, um, she was a saint. I, I this woman she, to the day she died never talked bad about my dad, and she is um, you know supposed to have idols. But my mother was one of these people that if I could be half the mother that she was, I I, I know that she's up in heaven smiling because she she knows this testimony I'm about to give, and she was a huge part of it in it. When I was 17, I got married. I mean, I, I'm skipping through my childhood because you don't want to hear all that. So I, I got married at 17. My parents had a sign for me because I thought I was pregnant. When we first came to my parents to tell them that I was pregnant, I really thought I was because the doctor told me I was. And my mother had come to me very hurt saying, well, I thought you were going to save your virginity for your husband. I said, well, I technically I did because you know, I lost it to this man. And he was older, he was 12 years older than me, and he had already had two, two children that were living with him. So I married him, and I became an instant mother. And to find out the day after I told my parents that I was pregnant, I woke up with my period. So I really wasn't pregnant after a doctor telling me I was. So now I had to decide whether I was gonna marry this man or tell my parents I'm really not pregnant. Well, I didn't have the Lord, obviously, and. I married the man instead because I just figured I was a senior in high school. My parents would send me away, and I didn't want to lose this man. So I married him, and the doctor had told me that no matter what I decided, he would decide he would go along with my story because he's the one. I blamed him. I said, you told me I was pregnant, and I wasn't. So anyways, um, I faked um, a miscarriage, and the doctor went along with it and told my parents I had a miscarriage. This is after I was married so that they wouldn't think bad of it, what was going on. And and during all this time, um, it was about two years later that my father found out the truth, that I really wasn't pregnant and I faked it all and all that. So he turned away from me and said that until I gave him the grandchild that I said I was carrying, he, w he will never talk to me. In between all of that, it wound up, I, I did get pregnant, but the, the man that I had married had had a vasectomy, that's why I, I didn't understand why the doctor had told me that I was pregnant, because I'm saying, but the only man I slept with, he's had a vasectomy, he was married before and he had this, but doctor assured me I was pregnant. So anyways, after about four years, every, every month I wanted to have a baby, and my husband knew how bad, so he went and he had his vasectomy reversed, and it didn't, the first one didn't work, we waited two years and it didn't work. Well then the second time, my aunt had told me that at their church they pray over people before procedures so you we need you to come and we'll pray over you and i didn't you know believe in all this i just figured okay Aunt kathy is my mentor and i'll i'll do that so we went to the church got prayed over the night before his surgery and eight months to the, almost the day i got pregnant with my daughter 
well, our marriage wasn't the best of marriage, and it was up and down. But when I found out I was pregnant a week before that, I had decided I was going to leave this man. But God kept me with this man for a reason. So I found out I was pregnant, one of the, one of the happiest days of my life to find that out. And three months later, as within my first trimester, I contacted the worst case of rubella the doctors had ever seen. And when I went to my doctor, my doctor had told me he needed me to go and talk to the virologist of Children's Hospital in Buffalo. He's like the head virologist. This isn't just you know a, a normal doctor. This is like in th- 35 years ago, when anything was wrong with any child almost in the country, they would send them to Buffalo Children's Hospital to this man. I mean, that's how high up this man was. So he told me to go talk to them. And a few nights before we had to go talk to this doctor, um, my aunt had given me a New Testament and she said she played this game, it was called Bible Roulette. And she said to me, what I want you to do is go to God ask him you know put it out there tell him what your problem is and open the book and he'll tell you what to do because in the meantime my dad was telling me to have the abortion and um, my ex-husband's mother was telling me to have this abortion because she had an unhealthy baby and my dad I mean I was surprised because here is a man that told me he wasn't going to talk to me unless I gave him the grandchild that he that I deprived him of so here I am having this baby and he wants me to have an abortion so we go in, we, we get this, um, this appointment with this doctor, and as we're driving to the hospital, I did what Aunt Kathy told me to do. I took the, the Bible and I, I said, God, what am I gonna do? You know, um, all these doctors are telling me that, that there's something wrong with my baby, what am I gonna do? I know you gave me this baby. And I turned to 1 Corinthians 2, 5, and it said, do not rely upon man's wisdom, rely on the power of God. And the hair on my arms will stand up till the day I die, because mm-hmm. when that came to me, I looked at my husband, and he was, we weren't Christians at the time, and I looked at him, I said, Ron, that's it. You know, I, and, and I didn't believe in abortion, but I'm, I went to this doctor to listen to what he's gonna say, and, and he's like, what? I said, you gotta listen to this. So I read him the scripture, and he's just driving down the road, like, okay, well, whatever you decide, I'm behind you. So we go in, we sit down, and this head virologist is looking at me, and, and I felt such a peace. It was like a ton of bricks was lifted off of my shoulders, and I sat in that chair, and I'm looking at this doctor, and he's looking at me, and he's reading all these things, and he saw, saw there's a the count called a tartar count, and my tartar count was the highest this doctor had ever seen, ever, and he, and he was an older gentleman. I, that's why I won't mention his name, but he was older but very well respected and he had a lot of opinions and his opinions counted. So I'm sitting there and he said to me, he goes, Risa, I'm gonna tell you, for sure your baby's gonna be born blind, deaf, and dumb. No doubt, he says, you got this in your first trimester, no doubt they are gonna be blind, deaf, dumb, severely retarded and severely deformed. No room for error. He looked at me and I'm just looking at him and, and he's telling my husband, all the different things, all the different children that that he's seen with, um, they come out with Down syndrome and, and, you know, the the different scenarios with um, having rubella. Well, I, after he was done speaking, I looked at him and I started to get up and he looked at me and he goes, you're not going to have this abortion, are you? 
And I said, no. And he says, are you a Christian? And I looked at him, I said, you know, I'm not sure, but I'm, I think I'm on the right path. So I started to get up and my, my husband got up and I started to walk out the door and that doctor turned beet red and he pointed at me and he pointed at my husband and he goes, Mr. Allen, if that was my wife, I'd make her have that abortion. There's enough unhealthy kids in this world. And I looked at him and I opened the door and I said, well, thank God I'm not your wife. So I walked out the door and as they're walking to the car, my husband's just looking at me like, what just happened in there? But all this, the whole time that that was going on, I knew that God was telling me to witness. And that's when I started to get into the Bible. But I, I, it wasn't the New Testament. He had spoke more or less spoke to my heart to read the New Testament because I was told that that was the easiest place to start. So I did, and I started reading. And in it, it just kept telling about when Jesus performed these miracles that he, you know, there a lot of people didn't follow him. He just said, just go witness, go tell people, go show people what I did, tell people. So I am not a public speaker. I, I could not get up in front of anybody and talk by no means, but I knew that God was working on me and this was a story and I promised God that I would tell this story until I died. And I, when, when during the pregnancy, I went into churches, I went into um, small Bible studies and I told, you know, as I'm growing and getting bigger, I was telling the story of the rebella and, and we went when she was finally gonna be due we went to the hospital, and as I was being hooked up to the monitors, when you're in labor, the nurses were asking me that, um, oh wait, I gotta back up a little bit. Two weeks before Katie was born, my sister and I, my oldest sister and I, were pregnant together, and she had a normal pregnancy, and it's the only time that we started really bonding. And two weeks before Katie was born, um, her, her son was born, and she had a normal pregnancy, and her son was born hydrocephalic with a heart on the wrong side, and he was severely deformed, and he only lived, I, I believe, I wanna say 48 hours, but I'm not even sure it was that long. But at the funeral, how the devil always tempts you, they tell you when God's doing something in your life, you know, watch out because the devil's He's going right to there. come in there. So I'm sitting on the couch with my sister at her son's funeral, this baby that this little tiny baby that they're gonna bury, and she looked at me and she said, Risa, she said, you gotta be prepared. She said, I wasn't prepared and look what happened to me. And I looked at her and I said, I'm really sorry what happened to your son, but God told me my baby was gonna be okay. So I'm in the hospital I'm all hooked up to these cords and everything. And the, the nurse was going down the chart saying, did you have this? How was this? How was this? And did you have rubella? And I said, yes. And she kept going. And she goes, whoa, whoa, you had rubella? And I said, yeah. And she's, no, this is serious. We got it. We, you know. And I said, I am serious. And she looked at me and she goes, you're so calm. Why are you so calm? And I said, because God told me my baby was going to be okay. So I got to witness to her. I got to witness to every nurse that was in there. And um, my doctor was from Iran that was delivering my baby. And he actually told me he was praying for me, which made, I mean, that just was huge for him to tell me that. But um, we're sitting in there, we're waiting for the nurses and everybody to come in. So during my, during my delivery, my doctor came in and I, I promise you, you know, I know there's a lot of people that say that, that pregnancy and the deliveries are horrible. 
God took my pain from this this delivery because the horror stories that I heard, my mother told me, she says, just think that, you know, just think the planes are going to get worse. You, you know, that'll, that'll get you through it. It'll get worse than what it was, but it never got worse. And even when she was coming out, I didn't, I, there was contractions, but I didn't feel the pain that normal women do because trust me, I had a second child and I felt every pain there was with that baby. But this was God's child. I, I knew this and I was giving it to him from the day she was born. But when Katie came out of me, she was screaming. So she had vocal cords. So I knew my baby could talk. And babies, when they're younger, and if you put your fingers to their eyes, you know that they really don't follow you too well because their, their focus isn't too well. But <laughs> when I was holding her and I did that, she followed. So our Lord let me know that my baby could see. And the thing that makes your bed go up and down it dropped on the floor and she shook. So within a day of me having this baby, I had three praises from the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit that my baby could hear, she could see, and she could talk. And that's the things that this doctor had told me. But there was five specialists waiting outside that door for Katie because they had an incubator already for her and all this stuff. And when my doctor held my baby, put it on my belly, he walked out the door and I heard him say to those doctors, well, she won. So that was amazing to start with and I swore I would te testify to the day I died about my pregnancy with my baby. And from there on, there has been a lot of um, times that I'm, I got to do that. And my favorite time to be able to tell that testimony, we were in church, we were in a, a, a small Baptist church in a little town called Pulaski, Tennessee. and. I didn't know I was going to give my testimony, but when God speaks to you, you get up there and you do it. And in front of the whole church, I got to tell my testimony of my daughter, and she was sitting in the pews. And it was one of those moments that I will never forget as long as I live. So with, with Katie, and now Katie is she's going to be 35 in November. She's a mother of two two beautiful boys uh, Jesse's 13 and Jojo is 11 and both of those children they love the Lord Katie has brought her children up to love the Lord and they do um, all of my grandchildren do and they all got baptized they allowed me to baptize them in my pool which was a godsend mm -hmm. and Katie Katie's got challenges of her own right now with her husband but God is straightening that out I know that and her husband is a marine he used to be with the Blue Angels um, when they lived in Pensacola, and he is actually retiring now. He's been in almost 18 years of retiring, and they are moving from New York to Pulaski, Tennessee again. That's where Jared's from. So that is that part of the testimony. Um, I don't know how much farther you want me to go. I got. I have a lot of things that I would love to tell you. Uh, I was telling you about my. I had a second pregnancy, so that's how I knew how God had taken all of that away from me because uh, I had a second child and um, not only was Katie would be my first child I was Catholic at the time so we baptized back then you know I don't know if you know anything mm -hmm. about the Catholic religion but they baptized so when Katie was baptized we were in a big Catholic church and usually there's at least 20 to 50 babies being baptized at a time Katie was the only baby that day and my oldest son at the time that um 
I said I, when I married my husband, he had two children, the oldest son, Kevin. He went to the Catholic school. He got to be the altar boy. And when the priest was up there and he was going to get ready to baptize my baby, he said, do you know, there's celebrations. Every every Sunday there's a celebration of a saint or their saints or whatever. And that day was the day they celebrated the baptism of Jesus Christ. Once a year they celebrate that. And that's the day my baby got baptized. And Katie was born on a Sunday, which is supposed to mean God's child. So my baby and she's an inspiration she's she walks the walk and god knew and he's got plans for that girl and you mark my words that girl she is making her mark on the world and it's just starting for her because her belief is going sky high she had had two miscarriages so she had turned from the lord for a while and now her walk is stronger than ever and she's been faced with many, many challenges and, and her faith, her faith is just so strong. I am so proud of that girl. And my son, I had a son, Brett, and all growing up, we never knew, um, he he has he had challenges of his own. He's a very, very bright, bright boy. And all while he was growing up, he was faced with, um, he would see people. I don't know how far, you know, how, how much I can really talk and that if you really want me to tell you all this stuff, because there's a lot of people that don't believe. I didn't believe. And I never knew about it until my son went into the army. But anyways, um, he, uh, he had problems growing up. He, he would go into my daughter's bedroom all the time to, to sleep with her because he would be bothered by these spirits. And we used to just joke with him, thinking that, you know, he just, you know, 16 years old, sleeping with your older sister. And they had, they had such a close bond. Katie and Brett still do. They have such a close, close bond. And, and Brett was so troubled with this. Um, by the time my husband and I got a divorce, he was in his senior year, that Brett was doing really bad in school. And he was always, you know, the one that was going to um, conquer the world. You could tell because Brett is, he, he is for God. He is in an army. To me, I say it's the army of God. But when he, when he was 19 years old, he had already fathered a daughter, and he was literally um, on the, the streets. You know, after his one daughter was born, um, he was living with the girl for a while, and then he went and he got into drugs, and really heavy, heavy into drugs and alcohol. And we found out later as I'll get to that, that that this was the cause of it was because of all these spirits. So he, um, I had made a covenant with God. I was, I was telling you this beforehand, and I didn't know ahead of time, just so you know, I didn't know that you, you, you didn't barter with God, but at the time I was still in my walk as a Christian, and I had come to Florida. I met my husband. I had been married to him for about... I would say five years by then. And um, my son was literally on the street. So I was a smoker and I had, I was smoking out on my balcony and I had the cigarette in my hand and I, I just, I looked up at the stars and I was home alone. And I said, okay, God, if you get my son off the streets, I will never smoke again. And I had the cigarette lit in my hand and I was, I wasn't putting it up to my mouth, but I was just about to, and, and I heard a voice telling me, well, you already started smoking, you might as well finish it. But I remember throwing it down and saying, nope, I'm just made a covenant with God that I would never get a, put another cigarette to my mouth 
if God got my baby off the streets. And two weeks later, he got my baby off the streets. And from there, he went in. There's a lot of things that happened, but he wound up going into the Army. And one night, while he was um, he was out of boot camp and he was just waiting for his first school to go into, um, he was all alone. His family was at home, and my mother was staying at my house. Yeah, she she would come every couple uh, every year for a couple months and stay at my house. And with this, my mother, my mother, would, I told you, she's a very very devout Christian woman. Um, <laughs> she didn't walk on water, but in my eyes, I, I know that that's, that was how I would picture my mother. And my son called me one night and he asked me to look up online that her, this woman's name was Mary Surratt. I had never heard of her, didn't know who she was. And my son was in a place in DC where they used to hold prisoners back in the day. And Mary Surratt, I had found out that she was supposedly one of the conspirators that was um, supposedly framed to kill Abraham Lincoln. Okay, she was one of the ones along the line. So anyways, Brett kept saying, Mom, just go to the go to the computer. Just look up this woman's name. She's not leaving me alone. She's not leaving me alone. So I looked up her name, and sure enough, she really was who Brett was telling me because he had never heard of her. But in the meantime, the reason I'm telling this story is so that you know where my son was troubled with the spirits and how he proved to me that they really were there. When he was doing this, he was so distraught, and I heard a crash in my guest bedroom, and it was my mother that had fallen down. And I ran in there, and Brett's like, well, Mom, I'll let you go. I said, no. I said, the devil's doing this, Brett. You know, we're getting a breakthrough, and I need to continue to talk to you. So I went in, and my mother is literally laying on the floor. She was trying to get into the bed, and she had fallen down, and she couldn't get up. And at the there was a pillow on the... I had just put that pillow there before she had gone to bed, this, this arm thing. And it was almost like the angel had taken her and just... Let, gently laid her in this position so that she could do what, what God had wanted my mother to do. It was like my mother was born to tell my son what she was. She was on the floor witnessing to my son as I'm trying to get her up. And she just kept saying, I, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. But I do know what happened. The devil was trying to distract me and using my mother as a distraction. But while my mother was on the floor, she was. I had the phone on next to her. And my mother is telling my son, this is grandmother to grandson, Brett, you got to put your faith in God. You know, I, I can, if, you know, I'm with my dying breath. I will tell you, she said, and she gave her testimony to my son that night while she was lying on the floor which that started my son's walk with, you know, that's his testimony. But my testimony part of it was the covenant that I made with God, and I have never put a cigarette to my lips from that day forward. You know, and um, the gentleman that I'm married to now, that he was like, he was the love of my life when I was a teenager. He was my high school sweetheart, and 30 years later, we got together. But before that, um, I had prayed to God. I was I was single for three years, and I had prayed to God for a Christian husband. I said, the next man you put in my life, please let it be a Christian husband. And he gave me Michael. And I, that's why I know God's got a sense of humor because he gave me Michael. I said, you guys for a Christian man. Michael is a very, very good man, good-hearted man. And I know that God is going to change his heart someday, and I'm standing on that, and I'm praying for that. And then the man that I'm married to, he... He is. He allows me to see my children whenever I want, and 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 
and it was very hard at first because I am a godly woman and Michael doesn't understand that part of it but he has learned to accept me who I am um, I don't have to fight to go to church anymore. I don't want to tell him. Actually, before I left tonight, and this is a huge praise, my husband he says to me, good luck, break a leg tonight. <laughs> you know, when I told him what I was doing, he thought that I was just going to talk to Suzanne on the radio. That's what he had thought I was doing. And, and that for him to say that to me was amazing. And, and Suzanne is the one who who got me to do this and there's even a story behind that I have I have lots of people that that God has put into my life and when I I do these things at night they're called prayer swims and I pray for people and when I do it God shows me either what he's doing what he has done but there's like this big puzzle and I, I try to explain it to people I don't know if you guys get it too but when you pray and and you ask God to show you something or for like I prayed for a Christian friend okay my my friend had moved away and my my spiritual advisor and she moved to Guam Alice I just I prayed to have a Christian friend when I found her and because of her she had talked me into staying with my husband and I was going to leave my husband at the time because he had addictions that I didn't agree with and that's what led me to go to the boundaries class but like I said I don't want to get off the track here from Alice um, when she moved I was so depressed and I listened to the Z all the time and I would go outside and I would do my prayer swims and I would I was listening to this woman on the radio and I, I never caught their the names I wasn't really in tune with things like that like names I, I never remember names anyways but anyways Alice and my song was Days of Elijah and I just loved that song anytime it would came on we would sing and worship the Lord and the one night I was doing my prayer swims and I heard the song and I called the radio station and this woman answered the radio station and I asked her about this days of Elijah song if if she could get me that recording because I have bought like 10 different ones and none of them sounded the same so she said you know well call get back with me you know and and I'll I'll see if I can get you a copy. Well, then when I did call back the next night, she couldn't get a copy of it. It was only DJ's copy, but she she said that she would look ahead for me to try to find the song. Long story short, we became friends over the phone, and one night I realized that I wasn't just talking to the secretary. I was talking to Suzanne Lynn herself, and it was like, because I had prayed for God to give me a Christian friend, so Suzanne was my first Christian friend mm -hmm. that I finally found. She's a Christian DJ. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what led me here, and you know, the song Days of Elijah, and Suzanne was, and when once I met her, I mean, I didn't even, I didn't meet her yet, but I could see her name in part of my puzzle. So when God gave me, when I got to finally see her, now her face is in the puzzle and I can see all these different people in the puzzle and the people that I pray for and, and God shows me the answers and he does the different things and and I still see when I'm praying, I can still, I see the people in color and there's still black spots. So I know, okay, there's a lot of people that I gotta touch and that are gonna touch my life too. What, it, what exactly do you do on the prayer swims? What do I do? Um, I ask people if they need any prayers and I do a lap for that person. And while I'm doing the lap, I offer their, whatever their prayer is up to God. Oh, nice. And also it gets me in shape. <laughs> I could hear, <laughs> I started, yeah, I started out after my mother died. Um, I would always go outside and my mother, when she stayed at my house, she'd say, you know, you stay out there so long. What are you out there for? I said, mom, that's my time with God. You know, it's, it's so awesome out there. But see now, now that she's in heaven and she can see how awesome it is out there. Right. I, I, I was trying to get in shape. I forget where my husband and I were going. We, we travel a lot, as you know. 
um, I forget where you're going that time, but I wanted to get into shape. And all I could hear is my mother, you know, saying, well, do another lap, do another lap. So I didn't know. And she goes, and, and while you're doing this lap, pray for so-and-so or pray for this. And I could hear that. So I started doing that. And sometimes I'm doing 50 laps. It all <laughs> depends on what God lays on my heart that day. But it's it's powerful. It really is. the prayer. I got my sisters doing prayer laps. My nieces, my grandkids, when they're at my house, they do prayer laps. And, and the one summer... My granddaughter was at my house, and they would all do prayer lips with me. And I had a, my arm was in a sling because I just had surgery. And Suzanne had asked; she laid on my heart she needed a really powerful prayer. It was for her husband. And Shaylin says to me, "Well, um, she goes, I'll do the prayer lap." She goes, I'll do the prayer lap for you. So I took a picture of my granddaughter doing the prayer lap, and I sent it to Suzanne. And it was that was so powerful because two weeks later, her husband got the job. Oh, awesome! Isn't that awesome? That is awesome. God yes, it hears is. children. I just like the point when she uh, she heard the doctor go out to the other doctors and say she won. Well, yeah. Mm. yeah. It, it reminds me, when I was pregnant with my daughter, um, it, she was my fourth pregnancy with zero live births. I had miscarriages three times before her. And um, one of the things I don't share often is that I was not married for any of the three previous pregnancies. God told me that if I were to marry the man that I was with, that and stop putting the cart before the horse, you know, trying to have a baby and then maybe get married, that he would give me the desires of my heart and give me a baby, a baby, and it would be a girl. And I said, if you give me a baby, if her name is, if, if it is a girl, I will name her Grace and I will tell everyone her story. That's my testimony while I was pregnant though they were asking me questions like you know do you want this test and basically they were asking me these questions because they wanted to do these tests and then based on these tests they were going to advise me to have an abortion and so it finally got to a point where I would say you know I'm a Christian and I don't care what this baby is or has or will be god's given me this gift of life of her mm -hmm. i'm not going to abort her no matter what if you're asking me to take this test because you are going to put a certain specialist in the room when i'm giving birth then that i get it i understand it but if you are just asking me because I'm getting further along in my pregnancy and my opportunity for abortion is getting slimmer and slimmer, then you need to just give that a rest. And they actually put on my paper, like, um, like uh, what is that test that they do where they stick the needle in? Amniocentesis. Yes. Yeah, and they wanted to do that to me, too. I turned that down me because I found, out that there, I found out that there was a high chance of miscarriage with mm -hmm. that. So they put a big refuse on top of my records and made me sign the sheet because they didn't want to be, I guess, legally responsible. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, your story is really interesting to me because I can just relate so much to that. Yeah, and, and to have the people that were against me having the baby, you know. And one, a, a really cute story is my, my mother-in-law, she was one of the ones that wanted me to have the abortion because she had had a baby that only lived like 24 hours and she that was her thing she didn't want us to go through that heartache right 
Well, a week after Katie was born, we had gone to my ex-husband's um, grandmother's funeral. She she waited to hear that Katie was okay, and she died, really. she That's what she was hanging out for. And at Katie's funeral, and, and, and during this time, too, I didn't talk to my mother-in-law. Like, for six months, I wouldn't even see her because she was so against me having my baby. So when we were at the funeral, my mother-in-law asked if she could hold the baby, and I gave her the baby, and she's holding her, and she's, she had tears in her eyes, and she said, she goes, she's, I love my granddaughter. She said, the faith brought her to me. Oh, no, she said, God brought me back the baby I lost, and I love my, my daughter-in-law for the faith that you have. So, I mean, just the, the seeing her holding that mm-hmm. baby, that was beautiful. Gave her some healing. Yeah, it did. She, that's what she said. God gave me back the little girl I lost. Wow. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not very rarely speechless, but no. What an amazing testimony it is. And um, again, uh, the doctor thing. You know, I just how many of those doctors at that point just change their questioning you know like is there a god or isn't there one and how many women that he has told they have abortions that listened and you know and did we just see a miracle right absolutely that's what i'm saying how many how many of them got it that there was a miracle that just Mm -hmm. was done before their eyes yeah how many went the right way i think we've probably found the title for the testimony you did (laughs) yeah (laughs) what did that doctor say as he was walking away? Oh, she, she won. She won. She won. Mm-hmm. She won. That is a good title. I think so. He always speaks to you, Fritz, on that one. I love it. <laughs> well, I tell you, the hair went up on the back of my... Mine, too. My neck when she said that. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that's session 59. It sure is. Shout out to uh, Suzanne Lynn. We love you. Thank you for... And uh, thank you for sharing your friends. Yeah. Really? With us. The last two the testimonies. Last two. Yep. Yeah. She brought to us. And can we give a couple shout outs to some countries? Yes. Go right ahead, go please. Go right ahead. We have 36 countries now. I'm so excited. Wow. I wanted to give a shout out to France and listeners in Poland. And a new one is Malta and also Ecuador. I couldn't even find Malta on the map. I'm not sure where that is, but welcome. <laughs> welcome. I just realized welcome. I said the wrong the wrong countries that we picked out. I'm sorry, Mike. You did. <laughs> hey, they're all important. They're all they special are. and no matter who you name, we appreciate yeah, them and we I'll love them and add the others, New Zealand and Australia. Those were the other two that Mike wanted me to welcome, mention. Welcome, welcome. And also, um, I wanted to give a shout out locally to Sarah Kanzias. Did mm-hmm. I say that right? Kansas. Uh-huh. Kansas of two loaves and one, one fish, fish ministry. And Patty Allman, who just liked us on Facebook. And Andrew Katzanis. Z- Katzanis. 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 Oh, I had it. Okay. Whose testimony will be on God Stories Radio this week shortly. He's testimony 58. And he just liked us on Facebook. And if you want to follow us on social media, uh, we're very active there. Mike posts a, a nice picture almost every day um go to god stories radio on facebook and also if you want to follow us on twitter you can go to at god stories radio and get some tweets out to you all right and i like that one from rod davis that blessed us and asked god to bless for what we're doing amen and it's all worth it i want to say too we uh 
We spent this weekend with our friends, uh, Pastor Johnny and Pastor Vic over WTLN. That was amazing that night. It was an amazing night. I know that portions of it are up on YouTube. If you'd like to watch it, just go to YouTube and search the Vision Radio Program. And um, They've been so gracious. They're going to give us... Uh, once a month, I once think. Once a month. We'll be out there. We will be out there. And I tell you, the Spirit just shows up. And I get schooled by Pastor Vic. <laughs> we all do. My goodness. And Pastor Johnny. Love that guy. That's Love my those meat, guys. My meat and potatoes. So listen to us on WTLN.com and you can um, do a live call in. They have a live call in number. And I think so, yeah. we're supposed to be there on the 25th of October, right? Mm hmm. Yes. Yep. Tentatively, that's, that's when it is. Cool. So we'd like to thank our guest once again. Thank you. Yeah, Risa. Thank you, Risa. Risa, so much for coming. You're welcome. And I was, uh, to say the least, I was taken back by your testimony. And I, I know you didn't even probably get around to all of it, but but that's okay. You know, you said the, that's what the Holy Spirit you wanted. You said the things that needed yep. to be said, yep. and, and that's what's important. And uh, maybe you'll come back sometime. Share the other half. Oh, half. Promise. <laughs> I got a couple hours I could give you. All right, <laughs> I'm going to hold you to it. That was uh, Session 59. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Trish. God bless. God bless. Five months, eight days, my wife and I had waited. Getting ready for our baby girl. But when he called, the doctor said, I need to see you. And could you come in soon? Something died inside of me to sit with him and here. The test said our baby may not live to be here. And turning to my wife, he said, What do you want to do?
give her the world who wants to hold her. 